Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Karen Noick. She is the founder of Angel Quest Center in New Jersey, an internationally sought-after medium, spiritual counselor, and healer. Karen is the best-selling author of Your Life After Their Death, a medium's guide to healing after a loss, and Through the Eyes of Another, a medium's guide to creating heaven on earth by encountering your life review now. She also hosts the Angel Quest radio show on the first Saturday of every month at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on HudsonRiverRadio.com. Karen and I will be having a conversation about her life's journey and the keys to experiencing the divinity within us from her latest book, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and out of peace. Good morning, Karen. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. I'm truly honored to have you with me this morning to talk about We Consciousness. It is a truly very insightful read. The book is very well written. The concepts are easy to apply to one's life. So congratulations on this release. Oh, thank you very much. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, When I was younger, my father used to take me to the racetrack, and I picked the winning horses for him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now I'm an animal activist, so I don't go to the track. You know, I picked the winning numbers for my grandmother, silly things like that. I would know things before they happen and dream things before they happen. I had precognitive dreams, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that, silly things. And I thought everybody, you know, experienced all of these things. And in reality, you know, we all do have intuitive abilities. It's just Mm -hmm. that I think I had a little bit more than most. So about 25 years ago, I was going through a difficult time in my life. And I just sat at the edge of my bed and I yelled at God. And I said, Am I going to be okay? Give me a sign. And as I was saying that, I, I literally saw a light coming towards me from the other side of the room. And as it was coming towards me, I shouted, if you're not of God, please leave. But the more I said that, the more it kept coming towards me and eventually enveloped me. And at that time, I heard an audible voice that said, Lucha Lucina, Bella Lucha Lucina, and for the The Italian listeners, they may know what that means. It means light, beautiful little light. And I've since learned it was St. Francis of Assisi, who's been guiding and protecting me ever since. And those who've read my books or follow me on Facebook, you'll see my St. Francis connection with all the messages with the cute pets and animals and animal activism as well as peace and all of that. And right after that experience, I started receiving messages from the angels and deceased loved ones. And um, at first, I was reluctant to give messages because I didn't want people to, I was in my, not in my right mind. But the more Mm -hmm. I gave the messages, the more um, the living loved ones knew without a doubt it was their deceased loved ones. And then the rest is history. Very, very interesting. You and I need to take a trip to Atlantic City, and you can think of all the winning numbers. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it, it turns off and on when I am uh, inundated and too busy. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. But when I'm at my best, when I'm calm and, you know, relaxed, mm-hmm. and that will go for everybody, too. I'll give them a little hint. When you're at that <laughs> relaxed state is when you're open and receptive to receive all right. the blessings that life has to offer. Very, very interesting. I know you had this profound sort of connection about 20 plus years ago. Going back as a child, Mm -hmm. you were, like say, kind of special. You were kind of connected and you were able to tap into that sort of realm. When was the first time you experienced the presence of angels around you? Okay. Um, the first time I received, now my angels are different than deceased loved ones, but mm-hmm. I, ha- I remember quite vividly, there was one particular dream that I had on the same night as my sister, that sh- my sister did. I dreamt of my Aunt Minnie, who had passed, and I was young. I was frightened, at, actually, after this dream. But in the dream, mm-hmm. she warned me that Johnny, which was her grandchild, was going to get burnt. So I woke up frightened, and I got so scared, and my sister had the same dream. And we were telling each other, and within a few days of that, we found out that, indeed, her grand her grandson did get burnt with boiling water. So that was one of the first times I experienced that type of thing. But at that time, I was scared, you know? I didn't like it. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I didn't want it to happen again. Mm-hmm. But as, through the, throughout the years, as I was going through and I was getting older and things were happening, I just always felt that wonderful, peaceful guidance surrounding me. And I just mm-hmm. always knew they were there. But it really tapped in after that light experience. After that, it all really happened. I see. Is this a passed down divine gift in your family lineage by chance? Well, other than that particular dream my sister and I had at the same night, I'm not aware of any of my family members having the same types of gifts. You know, we're intuitive, mm-hmm. but we all are, right? And and I would tell everyone to make sure to tap into into your intuitive abilities because we can all do it. It's not just what Karen Noe can do. That's very important to realize, mm-hmm. you know, look, the feeling, your gut feeling and all of that. I see. Very interesting. What I gather when reading mm-hmm. your book, the first thing that came to mind when I think about Karen Noe is that the TV series, the ghost whisperer. I'm not, <laughs> and I say that respectfully. Don't get me wrong, please. No, you know. yes, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's helping people. So I'm a visual person. I'm trying mm-hmm. to sort of visualize that. Is that right. kind of somewhat true in a way, or I'm well, off in a tangent somewhere? With the uh, the ghost whisperer, it's kind of scary. They have the mm-hmm. frightening and the blood and the gore. I've never seen blood and gore, even from people right. who. Have, been murdered and all of that because truly after we leave our physical bodies we're at complete peace and love it's really Mm -hmm. bizarre you know people ask me is it frightening no it's not it's not frightening as i you know when i was a child and i had that dream that was frightening but now as i do it i only feel the love and light from those who've passed because in reality after we pass there's no barrier between us and god we have god within us now but we're mm-hmm. able to feel that full connection when we're not any longer in the physical body. Right, right, right. I understand that peace-wise, I experienced that peacefulness was when I was able to be with my mom when she passed on in Malaysia. That was in itself a miraculous experience for me because I'm in the United States and my sister calling me up and saying that, hey, mom is on the way of passing and get back here 
like right now, mm. and that's of course impossible for me to do that. She lives halfway around the world. But having said yeah. that, what I was alluding to is the fact that I was there kissing her head and stroking her hair while she transit. And there's a certain amount of that peacefulness I can relate to when you were talking about in terms of the sense of peace and so forth. Absolutely. You know, you could actually feel them leave their physical body if you're with your loved one as they cross. It's mm-hmm. it's really an mm-hmm. uh, amazing uh, feeling. They truly are okay. It's the living loved ones who aren't. Right, right. You also talk about the interesting thing, there's a difference between a psychic and a psychic medium. Can you tell mm. us a little bit more about that? Yes, um, not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychic. Um, psychics are, you know, able to tap into their intuitive abilities and perhaps predict the future, et cetera, things like that. But they're not always able to connect with the deceased loved ones as well as the angels, whereas mediums are able to tap into that. And also, for the most part, um, I would tell psychics and psychic mediums that it's not always good to predict the future because in reality we can change the future as it as it is by changing what we are saying and feeling because our thoughts and feelings create our reality mm-hmm. so there's really no predicting of what is going to happen to you like next week so people ask me that all the time although i could see it if you continue on the same path as you are on i could feel this happening for you but everything changes that makes sense yeah Interestingly enough, maybe not so much today as I was growing up, I've always been in this kind of thing where even going to movies, I want to know what the ending is. (laughs) (laughs) But the ending could have more than one ending in our lives, which is incredible. (laughs) You're right, because in life, we are the actors and actresses Mm. in it and the director for that better term here. That's Uh, a wonderful way of saying it. In the movies, it's stagnant. I mean, it is. That is the mm-hmm. end. That's it. Unless they came wow. up with an alternative ending that I'm not aware but of. You know something with our own lives, even diagnosis. Yeah. If you were diagnosed with a certain illness, say, or they're giving you yeah. something, you know, di- I have seen things change around all the mm-hmm. time. I've had clients, one had stage four uh, lung cancer, completely healed by changing her thoughts and feeling the feeling of her wish fulfilled. Another mm-hmm. one had stage three multiple myeloma, the do- doctors gave a poor diagnosis, completely healed. You know, tons of things I could go on and on by just, right. I don't care what right. your destiny is or what else, you could change what's in your path by focusing on what is and what you want instead of what is. Focus mm-hmm. on the solutions to the problems instead of the, the problems themselves. I see. Well, one of the things that came to mind is that I've been told that some people that have said, you know what, you have chosen the life you are living right now before you came down to earth. Mm-hmm. So if we were to take that literally, right, then it's yeah. like no difference like going to the movie. The ending is predestined. It's how you get there. You might enjoy some spice of life for like a better term, but the ending is written. It's not really written. It's not really written. It is not written in stone. We could change everything by changing our vibration. It's really incredible. And in this way, we understand that we're not victims anymore. You know, we are the, um, in charge of our lives and the outcome as well. Very interesting. Why do some individuals connect more easily with angels and sentient beings than others? Oh, okay. That's a good question. Um, what happens is, 
We have to be more on par with the energy of the angels and deceased loved ones, okay? Their energy mm-hmm. is on a higher level. They're, they feel their connection to everyone and everything once they, left the, they leave the physical body. There's no body to, uh, as a barrier. Um, mm-hmm. Those who are connecting to angels and deceased loved ones usually are of a higher frequency. They're able to stay on that frequency pretty long. You know, you have to unplug from what is and plug into what you want instead. You have to practice forgiveness and compassion and seeing through the eyes of others. And, you know, there are some people that are able to connect with the angels and deceased loved ones, and they're not doing all of that. And it's just maybe they just have a gift. But I tell everyone, everyone is able to do this. It's incredible. Since people think it's just the psychic mediums, maybe they could do it more. I always right. use this analogy. Some people could play the piano. Some people could play um, just scales. And other people could play great masterpieces. But when you really want to connect with your loved ones and the angels, you need to quiet your thoughts so you can hear their thoughts. They come to you as thoughts. You know, most people expect to hear an audible voice or to see an apparition of their loved one. But your loved Mm -hmm. one doesn't have a physical body. You know, their energy. So they're speaking to you telepathically. So when I teach people how to do this, how to listen for messages, how to raise your vibration, everyone will be able to to connect to these wonderful celestial beings. Very interesting. Who do you usually communicate with among the angels and the spirits? Oh, I love uh, Archangel Michael. He takes away negativity when something's going wrong around me or someone else. I loved always to connect with St. Francis of Assisi. He's always with me. And I sometimes I just, when you don't know who to call upon, I just say, you know, angel of happiness, you know, help me right now. I'm not feeling too good. Can you help me with this? And the angel, whatever angel that is de- designated for that particular service comes to you just with a thought. Mm. Wonderful. How many different types of celestial beings are there in the universe, mm. and are we all connected with them? Yes, all celestial beings are part of the whole, and that means they're part of you, okay? And that includes God, the angels, ascended masters, enlightened beings from other areas of the universe, and deceased loved ones. But we're all one. And when you talk to them, you're actually talking to yourself. It's hard to understand this concept because <laughs> we are in a physical body and we think they're separate from us. But in reality, when we call upon them, we're calling on a part of who we are, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's tapping into one part of our being, very being itself. Yes, yes, that's right. Very, very interesting. What are some of the most common signs these celestial beings give us to let us know they are with us? Oh, that's a very good question and one of my favorite ones to talk about. Um, First of all, I would tell the listeners to call upon their their loved ones and angels, but tell them to give you, I call it a without a doubt sign, to let you know without a doubt that they're with you. And then you have to be patient and wait, and the signs will come when you least expect it. Okay, so some of these signs are, number one, they come in dreams. You know, ask them to come to you in a dream, but to wake you up after the dream so that you remember it, okay? And Mm -hmm. you will wake up feeling like you won the lottery. But you have to know that they come, uh, there's two types of dreams from deceased loved ones. One is a true visitation where you feel wonderful, and the other is a dream from your subconscious. So if you're dreaming of your deceased loved one and, and it's, you know, they're angry at you or they're in a casket or something, that's not them, you know, that's your subconscious trying to resolve issues 
about what was going on with you with them when they were in the physical body. They also love to come through as animals, whether it is a bird, a butterfly, mm-hmm. a ladybug, a dragonfly, you know, any type of animal uh, to let you know that they're around you. But the animal would do something it normally wouldn't do. It would land on you, peck at your window, scream at you, you know, if a butterfly keeps circling you. And most of the time, um, my clients and friends, they know, even if they're, they say they're not psychic, they know their loved one is around them. When a bird lands on their head, they know it's their mom or grandmother or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, it's important to note, note that they're not always a bird, a ladybug, a butterfly, etc. They're using their energy to come inside of one of these animals to let you know that they're with you. You know, I could go on and on. They could play, they place uh, common objects in our path, <laughs> such as feathers, you've experienced this, pennies. Have you yeah. ever had any of that? When you mention butterflies, when my uh-huh. mom passed away, we have the wick in the house. That's how mm-hmm. we do it traditionally in Asia. Me being from United States, the days and nights are switched. So I'm the one who stay up late at night in Malaysia because we have to make sure that all the incense are burning and not to run out. And there was right. one time on the third or fourth night, I was doing work on my computer, my laptop, and all of a sudden I saw, it was like around 2 o'clock in the morning, I saw this beautiful white moth mm. encircling the altar that we had in front of her casket. And I followed that beautiful moth. It flew into her room. And then, yes. of course, me, I'm trying to get my iPhone to take a photo of it. Oh, <laughs> By yeah. the time I got to it, uh, must... it just disappeared. So the next morning, interestingly enough, I mentioned it to my sister. This is what I saw. What do you think? And surprisingly enough, she told me, she says, Johnny, the day that you were flying back from the United States, I saw all morning long this beautiful white moth following me oh around God. the house, in the kitchen, Aww. in the bath. So it was quite interesting when I see those kind of things. I'm not saying I'm on the other side of the equation. I'm just saying that as a layperson, I'm looking at, hmm, the answers are around us in so many ways. Absolutely. That's what I call a without a doubt sign from your mother, how wonderful. She was trying to let you know that she was with you. And yeah. you, see, And you knew it. You knew it, and so did your sister. Those are the kind of things that I wonder. And then the other thing that happened was we did the seventh-day ceremonial stuff and all that, right? So my mom was cremated. Mm-hmm. During the whole process, I was never tearful. But when I first heard about her situation here in the United States, I was crying and so forth. But once I got on the plane, two days later, I was fine. I was calm. I was collected throughout the whole process. On the seventh day, I was sitting in her room early that morning sitting on a little stool that my mom had bought for, actually the two of them, one for me, one for my sister, a little stool as a kid that we were sitting down uh, that we used to sit on. And so I sat on it and I started to tear up, start crying. And I looked up at a blouse hanging on her armoire and it started moving. And this is an (laughs) interior room. So there's no such thing as like an outside breeze, nor the fan was on or anything like that. So I thought, well, maybe I'm kind of a little bit off here. So my sister had gone up. She left me alone. She walked past the room. But then I called her to get in the room. And I told her, I said, hey, look, this blouse is moving. And I told her that I asked mom, I said, if you want me to take this as a token of you back to the <laughs> mm-hmm. United States, please move it. My sister was standing right there and it moved. Oh, I love it. You know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was so interesting. 
Now, I didn't know this part. My sister told me that's the outfit that mom passed in. And I said, you're kidding me, right? Because I thought, yeah, because I thought that we put it in the coffin that was cremated with and so forth. She said, no, you know how she is anal about telling us that whenever she passed on, she wants to have the specific outfit. And and that's how my mom is. It's really funny. (laughs) She has a specific Mm -hmm. outfit she wants to wear. This blouse is the one she had on. And you see that little sarong that's on her bed, that's the one that she had on. So she said that since she wants you to have this, I'll keep the sarong. I said, that's fine. But I wanted to share this with you. I think it's a timely thing. I didn't mean to kind of get out. No, because that absolutely is a without a doubt sign. And your mother was letting you know she was with you. And that's what I was saying before, that we all are receiving signs from our loved ones and the angels. The only Mm -hmm. thing is we have to look for them and become aware of them. And Mm -hmm. you could even ask, tell them, give me a sign to let me know you're with me. And then you Mm -hmm. just have to be patient and wait and they'll come, you know, it'll come when you least expect it. You know, there's there's a lot of signs. No, right. no. But they like to show us the same numbers over and over. That's another thing. They give off fragrances for no reason. You'll smell their perfume or um, cigars, you know. There's some yeah, rainbows yeah. appear when they're around. They allow us to become aware of license plate. If a car cuts you off, instead of getting angry, look mm-hmm. at the license plate. It might be their name or their address mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. telling people, just be aware and ask for a sign and you will get it. You will. Wonderful. Do everyone have the capacity to develop the ability to connect with their angels and deceased loved ones? Yes, they absolutely do. Exactly the way we were talking about, I would say, Mm -hmm. to ask them to give you signs, to ask, ask them to come to you in a dream and to wake you up, you know, so that you remember it. If you don't wake up after a dream, you won't remember it. Your loved one will come to you. Right. Maybe when you first go to sleep, you dream the whole night and you won't remember it. Um, also, I would tell people to meditate, to quiet their thoughts so that they're able to hear what your loved ones are trying to say to you. Now, remember, it's exactly what I was saying before, not necessarily as an audible voice. But when you quiet your thoughts, if messages come to you, they just pop in your mind for no reason. Something that was not in your consciousness, such as something that you did with your loved one or maybe your nickname that they called you. If that pops in your head, chances are that your loved one or the angels are connecting directly with you. Very, very interesting. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Karen Noe. She is the founder of the Angel Quest Center in New Jersey, an internationally known sought-after medium, spiritual counselor, healer, and a best-selling author. We are having a conversation about her life's journey and the keys to experiencing divinity within us from her latest book, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. Karen, please tell us the story of how you began receiving messages from Wayne Dyer for his family. (laughs) Yes, this was uh, pretty incredible. And um, what happened, it's a long story, so I'll try to make it short. Mm -hmm. Through synchronistic events, I was scheduled to speak at an event for my publisher, Hay House, on life after death. And uh, we were in Orlando along with other Hay House authors. And a day before I was scheduled to speak, there were, they were holding um, a tribute for Dr. Dyer. Now, this is the, the speaking 
engagement that I was going to be speaking at was only a couple of weeks, maybe a month after Wayne passed. Anyway, so I was sitting on the bus with the Hay House authors and Wayne Dyer's family, ready to go from the hotel over to the conference center where the event was going to be held. And there was one seat available on the bus, and in walks Serena Dyer, who happens to be Wayne Dyer's daughter. And she walked over, you know, sat down next to me, and we just talked. You know, I said, I'm so sorry about your dad. You know, have you received any signs from him? And she proceeded to tell me about um, a dream that her sister Sage had in which she actually saw her dad in the dream, but she hugged him in the dream, and she felt his, these are her words, his hairy arms in the dream. Mm-hmm. So I said to Serena, oh, that's a, that's a true visitation. That's wonderful. And that was pretty much it as we were talking, and we went into the tribute, and I, you know, I said I was, it was very nice to meet her and everything. But when the, when the um, tribute was over, I decided to walk back to the hotel room. I didn't want to get on that because at that time, I felt very insignificant. I felt, you know, those were my favorite Hay House authors and my favorite author of all time, Wayne Dyer's family was on that bus. And I thought, I, can't, I don't belong on this bus, you know. So I'm walking back to the hotel room. And as I'm walking to the hotel room, I'm saying to myself, I'm so insignificant. I'm so insignificant. And as I'm saying that, I started to feel him and hear him for the first time. And he said, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. And I said, oh, my God, Wayne, is that you? I said, if that's you, you have to give me a without a doubt sign. See, we were talking about without a doubt signs a few minutes ago. But I asked Wayne to give me that type of that type of sign. So I knew without a doubt that it was him. And as I was walking, I said, how may I serve? And he said, you're already serving. And I said, how may I serve more? So I went into the hotel room, and as I got to the hotel room, there was something very itchy inside of my shirt that somehow, you know, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So I reached in to get it, and I pulled out a sticker that somehow had attached itself to the inside of my shirt. Now, it wasn't there earlier because on the bottom of the sticker in tiny letters, it said Disney World, and I had not been to Disney before that. But on the sticker it said, in huge letters, W. And I thought it meant Wayne, first letter, last letter. You know, I was so excited. And and little did I know it meant so much more than that. It meant the we consciousness, which I was later going to find out about from him. But I felt him laughing. Is that good enough? I said, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And um, through subsequent events, eventually Serena, uh, her sister Sky, her sister Sage, and her mom, Uh, They all flew in from Florida to see me, and Sage was already in Manhattan in my office in New Jersey. And Wayne came through very loud and clear. I spoke to them all differently and the way he spoke to them on Earth and gave them very significant messages. The best part was on my way to give them the reading, as I was driving, a car cut me off, and on the car license plate it said Dyer 1 on it. That was another sign from Wayne. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, it's a long story. Then the next couple of years after that, he has eight children as well as a wife. And he would come through maybe three or four times a week to one of them. You know, he'd tell me to call this one or that one. And it was always very significant messages for them. You know, that was that only, you know, he would know that he's with them at that particular Mm -hmm. time. 
So that's how I connected with him. But then he later uh, connected with a group of group consciousness called the We Guides, which is Very a interesting. story in itself. <laughs> it's a wild story. It's really, truly fascinating. <laughs> Who are the We Guides? Mm, okay. So what happened was that first year after I started connecting with uh, Wayne Dyer for his family, and by the way, when he started to come through, I said, why did you choose me? And he said to me, why did you choose me? I said, okay. And then, you know, it was just funny back and forth. And then he showed me the St. Francis connection and, you know, the Hay House connection, all of that. But Mm -hmm. truly, he's coming through to more than just me. But, okay, so the We Guides, the first year after, you know, he was coming through, it was New Year's Eve. And I was lying down to take a nap because I wanted to stay awake for midnight. And I just couldn't do it. About 8 p.m., that was it. I needed to take a nap. So um, I went to lie down to take a nap. And as I'm doing that, I felt Wayne come through loud and clear for me this time instead of for the dyers. Mm-hmm. And he said, now's the time to come. Uh, now's the, t- the time has come for you to do what you came on earth to do. And I knew immediate, immediately what that was to spread peace on earth. I always knew that was my purpose here on earth. So I said to him, okay, um, will I be channeling this whole book from you? And he said, no. I said, what? (laughs) I said, I don't understand. And he said, well, you've been connecting. uh, He's going to be joining forces with a group of beings, angels, ascended masters, which includes St. Francis of Assisi and himself. And they were going to be called the we guides. And, Mm -hmm. I was connecting with them all my life, and I didn't know it. You know, he was not a part of it at that time. And I was going to, they were going to be giving me 33 concepts for inner and outer peace. Um, and it was basically going to be that. They were going to help me to talk about inner peace, especially because inner peace, uh, peace on earth begins with ourselves, etc. So I was so excited. I jumped up, and I wrote the table of contents just within about 10 minutes. And um, the rest is history. It's such a beautiful, beautiful story. It's amazing. In hearing your story, there's a certain amount of peace and tranquility in your voice. Obviously, it's excitement. It's like you kind of reach that epitome of life, I would say. I hope that makes sense what I'm talking about. It makes perfect sense. This is what I came on earth to do, and I was just waiting for a time to do it. I didn't know it was going to happen this way. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the we consciousness itself. What is it, and why is it broken down to 33, not 34, not 35? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Very good questions. The we consciousness, it's an awareness of the unity of everyone and everything, including animals, and nature. It talks about our divinity, the compassion for all of life. And it talks about what a person does to oneself or another, how it affects the whole. And if you could fully grasp these truths, you'd be able to create miracles in your life and in the lives of of others. And why 33? I asked them, why did they choose 33? Mm -hmm. And they told me 33 symbolizes divine guidance and the spiritual uplifting of all of creation. Hmm. Very interesting. I mentioned to you in terms of my numerology number and the coincidental relations in terms of doing the show and having you on as a guest. My number is 33, so I'm just curious about it. Hey, that's a good number. <laughs> the spiritual uplifting of all of creation is pretty good. 
Can you share with us a few of the concepts? Sure. Well, the first one is, I think, the most important, and that's the um, uh, the most important truth is that we are all one. Our oneness encompasses mm-hmm. everything and everyone, including God, the angels, ascended masters, enlightened beings from other areas of the universe, deceased loved ones, animals, and nature. And um, I also love number 10. I love them all, but concept 10 talks about it says it is imperative to focus on what is right in the world instead of what is wrong mm-hmm. so we want mm-hmm. to plug into solutions to problems instead of the problems themselves you know we want to turn mm-hmm. on the light when there's darkness and so forth um let's see number 18 i love forgive and ask, ask forgiveness when you forgive others you forgive yourself and when i tell people that my clients and friends they say but you know, surely I have a right to be angry at this person for all that they did to me. Right. I say, absolutely, but why don't you do it for yourself? Because as Wayne Dyer himself, he used to use this quote, it's not the snake bite that kills you. Mm-hmm. It's the venom that's left behind. You know? Right. So right. raise right. your vibration by forgiving others. And forg- when you do that, you're actually forgiving yourself too, because don't forget, they are a part of who you are. Right, right. I agree with that. The way I look at that, what you just mentioned, I'm sure you're the expert on this. Like everything else, life and death, there's grieving process. So mm-hmm. grief, but don't go marinate in it for the rest of your life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, people think it's disrespectful to not be sad when their loved ones die and they have to be unhappy the rest of their lives. But the deceased loved ones often come through and say they want you to be happy. They don't want you mm-hmm. to be sad. You know, they truly are in a place of wonderful peace. And there's no words to describe um, what they're feeling at that particular, you know, after you leave the physical body. And they don't want you to be upset the rest of your life. But also you have to um, grieve at your own pace. Sometimes right. you tell somebody, you know, stop, you know, somebody would tell them you have to stop grieving. No, you have to take all the time that it's necessary for you to process the whole thing. But when it's time, it's okay to move on with your life. Right, right. The concept applies to someone have done you wrong. Go out there behind the dumpster, yell all you want, break all the glasses you want at home. <laughs> at home, yeah, yeah. And move on. Well, that's the whole point. You don't want to hold on to this. I don't know about you, but I don't yeah. want to hold on to this anger my whole life. You know, yeah. sometimes it's easier said than done, for sure. Right. But I assure right. you, sure. if you want to connect with the angels and deceased loved ones, I think this is the one step that can really help you. You have mm-hmm. to let go. You have to forgive. Um, when you hold on to all you know, this, these grievances, it's weighing you down, and your energy is not on par with the energy of the angels. So often when I say that, they okay, okay, for that reason I'm going to forgive. <laughs> It doesn't matter what reason, you know, do whatever it takes right. and help you to raise your vibration and in so doing, raise the vibration of the world. Right. So true. I love concept 17. The reason for that is because years yeah. ago, my mom had said to me that in the end, we're all the same. We're all equal. Being at her deathbed, it sort of rekindled my memory in terms of looking at her transiting the world. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're a king, queen, exactly. president, or just someone that who is homeless. When you exactly. take that last couple of breaths, we're all the same. We certainly are. And we all have God within us. 
And mm-hmm. we have to remember that it's not just the great masters, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, all of them. It's all of us. And all of those masters said this and more you can do if only you believe. You know, right. the um, the key is we are all equal. And after we leave the physical body, you'll understand that completely. Another concept that I also like it reminds me of what my mom always says. Concept number 21 is how we feel about mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. we are observing that creates the circumstance in our life. I have one of my moms. She finds humor in everything in life. And so here I'm <laughs> telling her about things happening to me. And of course, she'll pause for a moment. And this is my Cajun mom. It's really funny. And the good news is, like, what are you talking about? There's no good news. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but it's her own way of telling me there got to be something focus on the good news absolutely that's what it is so in reading that concept it sort of reminded me of that because you have a choice whether you can sort of marinate in it forever or Mm -hmm. find an angle and find the good news out of it you know if you understand it from this perspective that we're vibrational beings Okay, Mm -hmm. and whatever we're thinking and feeling is creating more of that in our lives. So whatever we're feeling and observing, whatever we're making of that is create. So in other words, let me get (laughs) get down to the nitty gritty. (laughs) We want to focus on what we want instead of what we don't want, because Mm -hmm. by doing so, you're going to create more of that, more positive energy. You know, if you're posting on Facebook, on social media, make sure to post all the positive things. There are so many good things going on in the world and the blessings all around us. Don't focus on what you don't want. And if you want to do that, focus on the solutions to the problems instead of the problems themselves, because you're expanding the energy of whatever you're observing. So true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Karen Noe. She is the founder of the Angel Quest Center in New Jersey. She is an internationally sought-after medium spiritual counselor, healer, and a best-selling author. We are having a conversation about her life's journey and the keys to experiencing divinity within us from her latest book, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Karen, what are the five easy steps we can take to set our life-changing journey of peace in motion? Mm, Okay. Okay, the first one is exactly what we were talking about. You need to focus on the positive instead of what is. Mm-hmm. So if you're focusing on, say, someone is, or yourself, is, you're ill, you want to focus on being well. Feel the feeling of your wish fulfilled, as Wayne Dyer used to say. You know, focus on what you want instead of what is. Another thing you could do is pray for inner and outer peace. You ask. The more you ask, the more it's given to you. Okay. Number three, quiet your thoughts. So after you pray, you need to quiet your thoughts so you're able to receive the messages um, that the angels and deceased loved ones are giving you. I always say it's like in any relationship, when you talk to someone, it's equally important to listen to them too. So make sure you quiet your thoughts and you meditate to listen to them. And then four, you may want to call upon the angels to help you. Any angel, if you don't know the angel that in particular, you know, if you have something negative going on in your life, you could call upon Archangel Michael, etc. But you could just say, Angel of Peace, help me with this, and they'll be with you. And five, finally, 
It's send love to everyone in your path. And yes, I mean everyone in your path, even those who are giving you a hard time. When you change the way you're perceiving them and they um, and just feel it, sending them love and all of that, they will feel it subconsciously and they will treat you in a different way as well. I promise you. Very, very interesting. Love it. The one thing that I really like is the concept of how may I serve. Mm-hmm. That's something that you have it all over the place, and I love it. Tell us a little bit more about it. When you ask the universe how you may serve, the universe works in ways to serve you as well. And it's important, I've learned throughout the writing of this book as well, I'm very good at serving others. I always say in the morning, how may I serve? But I'm mm-hmm. not too good at serving myself. So I've added a little <clears throat> to that. I'd say, how may I serve everyone and myself? And then throughout the day, if I need to say no to something, say someone asked me to do something that I just can't do, it's mm-hmm. okay to say no in a loving way. So it's important to put yourself in that equation as well. Remember, you're just as important as everyone else. Very, very interesting. Why is self-love vital? Well, self-love is a prerequisite to outer peace. If you don't love yourself, you can't extend that to anyone else. So it's very important. And remember, you are part of everyone else, right? You can't give what you don't have. Yeah. Right. So true. So what are some pathways to self-love? Okay. Um, Okay. One thing to do is to be yourself and honor your truth over society's demands. If that makes sense. A lot of people can't do that. You know, they want to fit in with everyone else and, you know, have the same clothing and look the same. But be yourself. People will love you. Everyone is different, right? They say we all are one, but we all have different gifts to share. Be who you are, you know. Another way, uh, pathway to self-love would be to reclaim your power. Remember who you are. You know, you are a powerful being. You have God within you. And imagine all the miracles you could create in your life. Remember that. Another thing you could do is do what you love now. Don't wait. You know, it may be too late. Say you love to draw. Mm -hmm. You're a painter. Maybe you're saying, oh, but I don't have time. I'm working all day. Do it. Find the time to do what you love because that's a part of who you are. That's your passion. You came on earth to do certain things. And you'll know the things you came on earth to do by the passion that you feel within yourself. Um, you want to forgive yourself too. You know, we all make mistakes in life. None of us are perfect. So just as you will forgive someone else, you want to forgive yourself as well. You want to respect yourself. Take note of your good qualities, but most of all, have fun in life because life is meant to be enjoyed. Be happy. Look for the things that you love to do and do them. That brings me to the chapter you talk about letter writing. I thought that was an excellent exercise. Mm, thank so you. So please tell us a little bit more about it. So what I say about self-love, um, you write a letter to yourself as if you are someone else, and it has to be a very positive, loving letter to yourself, and talk about all your good qualities. You say, dear Joe, whatever your, whatever your name is, <laughs> I'm so proud of you for what you're doing what you're doing and you state why I wrote myself a letter when I was going through a difficult time when that whole experience with the light and all of that and I wrote you know why I was proud of myself I never brought that to the surface if it was someone else um 
I would have told them right away, I'm proud of what you Mm -hmm. did. Thank you for doing this. But I never did that for myself. So when you write it all down, you get to think about what you really uh, feel about yourself. And you bring to the surface all your good qualities. And then at the end of your letter, write that you promise to do all it takes um, to make yourself happy. And then do it. And keep that letter around, like in a drawer or something, and open it up whenever you need to read it again. It will remind you to treat yourself with the respect that you deserve. Wonderful. Can you suggest some ways we can raise our vibration back to its natural loving state? Yes, yes. Well, first of all, we want to announce to the universe our desire to raise our vibration. Because once you do that, then you set the intention there. Okay? And then you want to ask to become a vehicle of love and service. How may I serve? How may I serve? You're going to monitor your inner dialogue. If you find yourself thinking negative thoughts, even about yourself or the things around you, change your thoughts. You know, it's not always easy to change every single thought in your head, though. (laughs) So what you need to do is, bottom line, feel the emotion that you're feeling in the moment. And if in the moment you're feeling negative, you're feeling badly, chances are that you're thinking negative. So you're going to try to change your thoughts that make you more happy. I'll give you an example. When I was going through a a divorce many years Mm ago, and um, sure, I was sad and everything, and In order to connect with the angels and deceased loved ones, I had to keep my vibration high at all times. I couldn't think negative thoughts. So what I did was when I came into work, the first thing I did, I went on YouTube and I Googled babies laughing, puppies, uh, (laughs) kittens, whatever it was that changed the subject, that helped me to change my energy. And at first, I'll tell you, I didn't want to see this because I was in a bad mood. But as soon as I did it, my mood changed. So force yourself, literally force yourself to, to, you know, look at something that you usually enjoy, go for a walk or something like that. You know, another way to raise your vibration is to spend time in nature. It always Mm -hmm. raises my vibration. That's when I received the best messages from the angels. And that's when I I received a lot of messages from Wayne for this book as well. Um, You want to spend time alone, Mm-hmm. Another thing mm-hmm. you could do is uplift others without lowering your perspective or forcing them to raise theirs. And I talk about an example of this in my book by a gentleman named T.D. Jakes, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, and I'm not doing mm-hmm. it justice, I think, but I'll give you the gist of it. Um, he was talking about, a, it's an analogy of a giraffe and a turtle. The giraffe is only able to see up in the trees, high above the trees. You know, that's all it sees. Mm -hmm. And the turtle is only able to see what's on the ground. Now, if the giraffe lowers its head to see what the turtle is going through, it actually could kill himself by making the blood rush to his head. So what he has to do is try to raise the vibration of the tortoise, but not forcing it. Because you can't blame the tortoise, the turtle, for what it sees, because that's all it can see. But you don't want to lower your perspective, because it actually will harm you to try to see what the other person, why, and try to go down and argue with them because they can't see anything else. That's true. So true because they're in the tunnel vision, and that's their line Mm -hmm. of sight, basically. That's what they see, and that's what they're going to do. I agree. And what I like about it in your book, you have concept 28 and 29, where the concept 28, I get the concept of 
every action causes reactions. If you have a negative action, well, what do you expect? A positive reaction? <laughs> no way. Right. So that's right. how you can look at it. And then, of course, concept 29, which I look at it in from my own perspective, if you look through the lens of love, that creates that high vibration naturally. And so how do you do that? Think about your loved ones. If you don't even look at yourself, fine. If you happen to be mm-hmm. looking at yourself in the mirror because that is the fear side of the equation, then start looking at others, your loved ones. And that would definitely increase your vibration almost instantaneously. Absolutely. And some people who are the tortoise who only see the lower mm-hmm. perspective, and sometimes I just don't understand, you know, why can't they see this? But you can't judge them either because they, uh, given the circumstances in their life, that's all they see at that particular time. So gently right. and lovingly, you tell people that this is true. Like the more you focus on love, the more love will come into your life. You have to unplug from what you have been going through in order for a different reality. In order to make so things true. happen and understand that you're not a victim. And when you understand mm-hmm. that, it's actually empowering. You could create a new reality for yourself. So true. You mentioned about animals and nature being part of we consciousness. How are they encompassed into the we consciousness? And what steps can we take to expand our circle of compassion? A very good question and one of my favorite topics. Um, right after my experience with the light that I had been telling you about before, I started to feel the pain of the animals when I was eating meat. And I just couldn't wow. eat meat anymore. I couldn't. And I'll tell you, if most people felt that, they would not eat meat as well. You know, most of us and myself as mm-hmm. well before that, you just say, I don't want to know about that. You know, you just eat the meat and because you, know, you think there's no other way. Um, but I tell you, the animals and nature, they're part of who we are as well. And if we, there's a sanctuary in Australia, um, Edgar's Mission, that uses this slogan, if we could live happy and healthy lives without harming anyone, why wouldn't we? So I started to become, at first, a vegetarian, and then after subsequent, um, after a while, I became a vegan as well. You know, no dairy products, because sometimes that's just as as bad to dairy industry Mm -hmm. but again you know what i was saying before i don't focus on what's wrong i focus on what is right so if we could eat a lot of people um i'll never post those terrible animal videos on facebook because that's creating more of the same but what i want to do is if people can't if they feel they can't become a vegan or vegetarian how about one meal a week or one meal a month not eating an animal for that particular meal you will save one animal's life. And how wonderful is that? And you'll see that you can do it. If I could do it, anybody can. And that goes for nature as well. If we could create um, what we can do for the environment, you know, uh, mm-hmm. drive a, a more environmentally friendly vehicle. If you can, put solar panels on your house and, you know, recycle everything, your plastics. Try not to use plastic if you can and so forth because it's a planet that we live on and we have to take care of it or else nobody else is going to. Right. So we have to take right. responsibility for that too. That's very, very interesting and so true. Can you share some of Wayne Dyer's message channel to you that are separate from the We Guides? Oh, sure. Okay, let me see. I would read that directly from the book. How about what sure. the question that I said to him, what is the after, What is like in the afterlife? I asked him, and <laughs> I'll respond to what he said, okay? Um, mm-hmm. This is what he said. 
Where I am now is not the afterlife, but the continuation of life, without the restrictions of the physical body that bound me on the earth plane. One minute I was confined to the physical shell. The next I was free as I stepped into this pure state of infinite love. I yearned to reach this level of awareness for the last several years of my earthly existence, so I was surprised and delighted to achieve this goal in an instant. As I re-entered this familiar state of consciousness and arrived at my true place of origin, I was greeted by my loved ones, including my mother and, yes, my father too, and glorious celestial beings eager to welcome me back home. I am elated that I can now be wherever I wish to be with a simple thought of a desired location anywhere in the universe. I am still aware and interested in what transpires on Earth, but I now comprehend that it is just a tiny speck into the, in the totality of all of creation. Make sure to tell everyone that, that the same loving consciousness that you have called God really does exist. It is present within everything and everyone in the entire universe. The Spirit of God does not judge me or anyone else because it is all loving. On the other hand, I am now able to see how my actions, good and bad, have affected all those in my life, and I continue to grow and evolve. I'm also able to see through my loved one's eyes to understand why they behaved in certain ways with no judgment. In this new place of reality, one always experiences pure judge and contentment. I continually bask in complete unconditional love, feeling my connection to the whole while at the same time experiencing the freedom of doing whatever I wish to do and being wherever I wish to be. I'm almost done. <laughs> while on earth, <laughs> I, I was able to connect to millions of like minds who were yearning for the truth of which I spoke to them. I am pleased to say that the essence of the teachings I gave when I was in the physical body has now come, been confirmed to be true. Also, please spread this message to everyone who will listen. We are all one in love. Everything else is just an illusion. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And the other thing that your book is such a treasure is Appendix C, Peace Prayers. I love that section. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Every, every religion has a, cer- a certain peace prayer, and I, put them, I tried to put them all in there as well. Yeah. yeah. So that's beautiful because this book is not channeled towards Christian, non-Christians, Buddhists, or whatever. No. It's for everyone, no. basically. Absolutely. Yep. That's Wonderful. Right. Is Wayne coming to others as well? He certainly is, and I'm not special, as I said, but, but I'm significant. We're all significant. <laughs> but yes, he is coming. All you do is set the intention, ask Wayne to come to you, and he'll be there for you, just like um, your other deceased loved ones as well. Fantastic. Where can someone go to buy your books, get more information about you, and keep up with your latest happenings? Okay, so they could come to my website at karennoe.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E.com. Or go to Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, or any major bookstore. But if you go to my website, I do travel around the country, and I teach classes um, about these concepts and life after death as well. Very, very interesting. Wonderful. By the way, we are coming close to the end of the hour. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Oh, yes. What I would say is, See through the eyes of everyone in your path. Try to forgive those who harmed you. 
and ask forgiveness for those that you harmed as well. Make yourself Treat yourself with the respect that you deserve because you're just as important as everyone else. And in so doing, you're going to be creating peace in your life and in the lives of others as well and creating a better world for us all. Beautiful. That's truly wonderful. So, Karen, what's next for you? Well, for now, I'm uh, just promoting this book, traveling, doing all the classes, and I am now connecting with a um, humanities team. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. look on Facebook. It's humanities team. We're going to be doing Global Oneness Day on October 24th, so stay tuned for that. I'm very excited about that. Fantastic. Karen, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, July 24th. My guest will be Mike Hintz. He's the founder and president of Northlink Consulting. Mike and I will be having a conversation about his life's journey and his recently released book, Discover Your Best Life, Live the Language of Personal and Professional Success. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Karen, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. And you too. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Title Premium, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercial plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. $30 activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply.